Hello, and welcome to Vital Views, UNLV School Nursing Podcast. I'm Joe Gascioni, Communications Director for the School of Nursing. Today's topic, nursing shortages. Nursing shortages have recently been identified here in Clark County and other parts of the country. And while it's fair to blame COVID-19 for exacerbating the conditions to make nurses leave, shortages are not just pandemic-based. Shortages have existed for decades before for a multitude of reasons and eventually resolved themselves depending on the scope, whether they are temporary or regional forces affecting supply and demand, or more national factors. For a series of episodes, we'll be exploring different aspects of nursing shortages. From current conditions to previous shortages, the causes, the impacts, and what are the most optimal solutions to either avoid or minimize gaps in nursing labor. In part one of our nursing shortage talk, we'll be looking at the current frontline situation with two UNLV nursing alumni currently working in Las Vegas. Billy Luzon graduated from UNLV back in 2007, and he's worked in both Nevada and California. He's currently a critical care nurse here in the Valley, as well as a nursing preceptor. Billy, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Since graduating, you've alternated between working in Nevada and California. You came back to Las Vegas in January 2021. What's been your experience in general since you've been a practicing nurse when it comes to nursing shortages? I mean, it really depends on like before pre-COVID. I mean, it, it really depended on um, the amount of uh, nurses that were that were available uh, in the unit uh, that 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 could work, um, and depending on whether or not uh, um, human resources at the time was hiring um, uh, people, you know. Not to mention, like there are uh, there are other uh, other factors in in that uh, via where the dynamics of the uh, the unit itself, where uh, you have uh, people either uh, dissatisfied or found something uh, better in terms of for their career uh, or rather their their whole outlook in life, you know, um, something better for them. Um, so, I mean, it really depended on, on, on that case. Say, for instance, for me, you know, I had to, uh, back in 2012, you know, um, I was, uh, I was a nurse, uh, working here in Nevada, um, in the med surge unit. And then a, a good opportunity for me to travel and do, and do travel nursing came around that time. So I went ahead and, uh, uh did some traveling in California and ended up uh, staying there for about eight years. Um, you know, and what attracted me to California is because of, uh, the state mandated ratios that were, that were there. Um, because California is, uh, the, the only state that I I knew of at that point um, that had that state mandated ratios where you had um, uh, a certain amount of patients to a nurse. For instance, you have uh, uh, for med surge uh, five to one ratio on a, on a, um, uh, on that. Um, you have for med telly a four to one ratio, and in in Nevada, um, uh, for as far as I know, they mixed uh, med telly and med surge patients, uh, medical surgical medical patients together. But in California, where they don't need cardiac monitoring, they split that up. Where you have non-cardiac monitored medical patients in in, in one section, and then you have another. Um, set of uh, patients uh, that have cardiac monitoring, have issues with their heart, 
um, on, an, uh, on another section of the hospital. And then, of course, you got your step-down units, which are three to one over there. Um, and uh, I, your ICUs, depending on how sick of the patient, uh, could be either two to one, uh, one to one, or uh, one to two. And that one to two meaning that you have one one patient to two nurses. I mean, so that really enticed me at that at, at that prospect where, you know, like, you know, I, I don't have to deal with too much nurses, uh, sorry, too much, uh, too much patients at that point. Uh, it felt really safer because at the time I was a really young nurse. Um, so, you know, it got my, it, it got my bearings down, you know, and I learned a good deal while I was in California uh, doing, um, doing uh, my rounds over there and, uh, and, and working over there as a nurse. Um, so that opportunity for me at that point was actually uh, one of my, uh, one of my, uh, uh, reason one of the reasons why I left over uh, for for California at that point. Um, as far as when I came back here, I mean, uh, I'm I f I was mature enough to figure out, you know, that I could handle what I can handle, you know, uh, and I was seasoned enough to to figure out. Well, you know, like this COVID season, um, I'm I'm pretty much going to be dealing with no patient to nurse ratio. At the same time, you know, um, or no mandated uh, patient to nurse ratio, um, but at the same time, I I could handle four patients in a in a step down ICU. I mean, it's it, 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 it's 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 okay for me because I've I've dealt with the, the, those uh, those types of uh, patients uh, prior prior to that maybe uh, for a good three to four years. Um, so I know what to expect. You know, it, it, it comes down to, you know, what you feel, what, what you feel is good for you, what you think you can handle and what and overall, you know, the quality of what you what you what you think is life at that point. So and there are obviously a number of reasons why anyone would leave yeah. any job, let alone nursing. I mean, there's. For nursing, burnout especially has been given the spotlight, for lack of a better phrase, and for good reason. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's it can be a challenging profession in general. Then when you add on a pandemic, but there have been situations before where periods of time nurses will just get stressed out, or they leave at a at a particular at the same time, basically. Right. 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 When you have those situations as a nurse, how do you manage? How do you say to yourself, okay? We don't have as much help right now as we normally do. How do you get in that mindset of of just just moving plugging forward? Away? Yeah, I mean, for me, the best situation for me is like uh, just thinking that it's twelve hours of your day. You're doing this three to four times a week, you know, and you can get it over with in one go, you know, and in that sense. Um, it makes me feel better uh, to realize that part where you're not necessarily taking your work home with you. All right. Sure. Sure. You might have bad, uh, bad days or nights uh, and that's going to happen at any job. But at the same time, it's temporary. It's a very temporary thing. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a pass uh, later down the line where you're like, it may have been a rough situation, but at least I'm stronger for it. You know, 
I'm learning from the experience. I know what not to do um, and what I could do in a similar situation uh, afterwards. You know, that's how I got I, I got along with it. And that's another point. And we touched on this before. Just because there are these holes in nursing doesn't mean that they're getting out of nursing. It just means either they're taking a break, they're getting promoted, they're going on, they're finding a new role within nursing. Yeah. There are a lot of times where um, bedside nurses will either go back to school, they'll get their advanced degrees, and then they'll take on a specialty, or maybe more administrative roles. So it's not like they're all just leaving nursing. It's just they might be finding different roles, but the holes are still there. It's yeah, just very different much. purposes. I mean, uh, the other things too, like what I noticed, you know, is that, you know, I'm a 14-year nurse now, all right? It's hard. It's sometimes hard to swallow that you're a 14-year-old nurse. You started out as a 22-year-old uh, youngin, and now you're a 37-year-old uh, person, uh, uh, turning, going on 37-year-old nurse here. The nurses that I grew up are are aging, right? Some of these, uh, some of the nurses that I knew were well uh, in their 50s, in their 60s. You know, I mean, the mean, I think the mean age for nurses, let me, let me put this up here. I mean, the mean er, uh, age of a nurse uh, in between 2000 to 2018 is somewhere around 42 to about uh, 48, uh, 48 years of age. I mean, so we're an aging population. So, I mean... Retirement, uh, re re we can't do this forever. So, I mean, the, a, a, a good chunk of us, um, it's sad to say that the wealth of knowledge that they have will probably end up uh, uh, going with them because they're retiring, you know. So, again, another hole, uh, another hole is uh, our our aging nursing population is the fact that we're we're aging we're getting tired, obviously, you know, and we want to, and in in that sense, we're burnt out, you know, because we're 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 getting older, you know. Um, have I felt that burnout to an extent, to an extent, but not a, not as much as uh, I want to retire or I want to quit nursing or what, or find or find a better option for me. You've had supervisory roles before. Can you talk about some of those and how, when you were in charge, you would try and help the nurses under you to be able to say, okay, when times are tough, this is how we keep going because we can't just, we can't fold because right. not just our livelihoods, but especially our patients' livelihoods. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, the way I help um, when I was a charge nurse, you know, I would, uh, uh, I wouldn't just sit around and do paperwork, you know. Um, I would actually help out on admissions. You know, I would try to get patients to their CT scans or MRIs while the nurses take care of the the patient, uh, their other patients there. You know, you know, I uh, I do IVs if I need to. You know, I mean little things. I mean it's not going to curb the stresses that. Well, it might help a little with their stresses at work. You know. And it may or may not uh, persuade them to stay per se because of their because of the stress. But you know, at least I'm trying to help with them in terms of like you know I'm in there. 
I'm trying to show them that, look, I'm in there in the trenches with you guys. I'm not necessarily twiddling my thumbs and uh, and and looking at a computer screen and and looking at this. You know, I'm I'm trying to help you out. I'm giving you an assignment, but at least I'm uh, I'm here to help you uh, settle the patient in. You know, do a, uh, uh, execute some of the orders that were uh, supposed to be executed uh, from the doctors. Um, that were ordered, you know, um, like a heparin drip or a cardizem drip or, or, um, or, or, or anything, you know, um, as a supervisor, you know, I, uh, I, I often, uh, if I get called up to, uh, a situation where there's a potential code or anything of the sort, you know, I usually go to, uh, I usually listen and I go to the, to the source, you know, I go to the room, I assess the, I assess the patient like, well, yeah, this patient looks like the, he's not breathing well, he might need to be intubated or, or whatnot, depending on the clinical presentation, you know. Overall, I'm trying to convey a, a, a thought to my to to the nurses well yeah you're not alone in this i'm here to support you what do you need from me you know i can uh, i can try to help you as much as possible uh to get the ball rolling on uh, on the uh, on the issues here so that we can give the most positive outcome to the patient you know and minimizing any sort of ad adverse uh adverse effect of, of inaction it's almost like an all hands on deck situation. Yeah. If you need, if there needs to be an extra hand, you're there to make sure that hey, nothing gets. Yeah. There's there are no missteps. It's just we keep going. Yeah. The train keeps moving. Yeah. My last question for you: arguably, the biggest pipeline to fill these holes is to graduate high performing nursing students into nurses. Mm -hmm. For prospective nursing students and current nursing students, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them, especially when it comes to having to potentially deal with shortages in their future for whatever reason, whether it's pandemic related or not. When you get out of uh, um, get out for the first time, you pass your NCLEX and you get a job. If you have a good um, preceptor, listen to that preceptor. Learn as much, but also think for yourself. Think what it is, what you're trying to do, and and why and why you're doing it. I think uh, one of the bigger uh, issues when it came, when it comes to like a new nurse is that uh, either they're they're too bookish, and they uh, they they're looking at the uh, at what you need to do in terms of a task, but not necessarily looking at the patient. So, again, observe observe your uh, your preceptor, see what uh, see what they, how how they would react and what 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 they would do in this situation, and not uh, and not um, and not be as by the book because what you learn in in nursing school. May not may not necessarily translate to what you uh, you do at practice. You know, it's all theory when it comes to nursing school. And and don't get me wrong the um, the the information that uh, 
that nursing school teaches gives you the foundation for it, okay? But you got to build on that foundation and and observe and learn from uh, from the people that uh, that have the experience. All right. There is an old adage in our in our profession where where nurses eat our young, um, and which means that you know. You could uh, you could have like a preceptor, or you have, you can have a colleague. Just because you're new, um, that means they'll take advantage of you, bully you, and whatnot. Again, don't let that happen. You know, either you they you can talk to uh, you, you you can talk to them professionally, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, that, that's could that could be some of one of the reasons why some some new nurses leave. They may feel like they're not cut out for it because, you know, so-and-so is saying you're an idiot, like, or you don't know what you're doing or, or or what have you. Of course, you don't know what you're doing. You're a new nurse. You're trying to learn the profession, you know? In that case, and in that case, you know, you're you're trying to uh, – you're – you're trying to learn, but also you're dealing with with a with a toxic working environment. So try to try try to handle that as professionally as possible. If uh, it hasn't resolved, you could also you could always go to your manager or your director about it. You know, don't let don't let uh, experienced nurses, so-called experienced nurses, bring you down because um, you're 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 new. Per se, you know, and I and I was an ex- and I had the, that experience as well. You're you you aren't alone in that type of uh, um in, in that type of sense. I'm a big proponent of like learning on the job and learning under fire. But at the same time, if it if learning under fire is not uh, beneficial, then you know what's the point? So. <laughs> that was a big cookie to swallow. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's it's really hard to to really wrap, wrap your head around that because you're you're talking to for uh, to your your um, your former alma mater and you're telling them what what you would do if uh, you you knew all your knowledge back in your head, but you're starting to graduate again, yeah. essentially. So I mean. That uh, or you would tell your your own self, your own past self, what you would do. Um, differently, right? You know, so. Well, that is all I have for you, Billy. Thank you very much for joining us. We also have Gabrielle Wan, who received her bachelor's in nursing from UNLV back in 2020. Gabrielle, thanks for coming in. You graduated during the height of COVID-19. You started working fall 2020. What has that experience been like, fresh out of nursing school and right into a pandemic? It was a very crazy experience, and you you definitely learned fast coming into an ICU setting. There was a lot of shortages during this time since we're talking about this. Um, in an ICU, you're normally two to one. That's the ratio that we're supposed to be having. Um, and during that time, a lot of the times we were tripled is what we call it, three to one Um patient and nurse ratio. So it was really hard because you had to learn um, how to be a nurse as well as care for these sick, sick patients. And they were even sicker during the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, you're learning on the job, whether or not it's COVID-19, you're picking up things as you go along coming out of college. But now it's almost like you have to grow up faster. Exactly. And for those at home who don't understand, can you explain like the patient to nurse ratio? Is it exactly how it sounds? One nurse to two patients or three patients? 
That's exactly how it sounds. So in the ICU setting, you're supposed to have two patients or one patient if the patient is critically, critically ill. In other settings like um, step-down units, IMCs, it could be anywhere from four to five patients. And then med surge, it's five to six patients. Those are the recommended ratios. Of course, it's not like that during the hospitals here. Um, But that's how it's supposed to be. And during this time, as you're learning how to do your job as a nurse, but also seeing that your workload is going to be increasing because of uh, labor holes. How do you move forward? How do you tell yourself, okay, it's going to get tougher before it gets better, but I have to move forward? During that time, I thought to myself, well, it kind of has to be done. These people need someone to take care of them. Um, And safety is my number one priority as a nurse. So even though it was very hectic and very busy time, I still tried to keep that forefront, still tried to do things slow and steady as I was a new nurse and just take it day by day. And for those listening too, when it comes to shortages, whether it's pandemic or not, there are a lot of reasons why people would leave nursing, just like any job. Burnout's obviously a big factor, but students go back to school. They get advanced degrees. They get promoted. Travel nursing has been a big factor since the pandemic started. But the end result is still the same. How do you build that morale around you? Like once you get yourself situated, how do you try and help fellow nurses that might be feeling the same thing? I think it comes down to the unit culture. Um, Where you work and who you work with is very, very important. And if people feel like they're not supported or they can't talk to anybody about the struggles that they're going through as a nurse, um, that becomes a big problem. You see people leave to that. Thankfully, I do have a good unit culture um, where I work and we really support each other and it's a great teamwork. So we've been able to you know, retain a lot of the people that are there and go through hard times together. And that's such a huge factor. And I think it's an underrated one is the workplace culture because it could so easily be disrupted and it could so easily be ignored because, and especially in a fast paced job like nursing, you have to keep going. Little things like improving workplace culture, whether it's, it's morale building, confidence building that might fall on the wayside. Do you feel like now that we're, it feels like we're kind of getting out of the pandemic, but cases have been going up. Do you feel like the shortage situation is getting better or do you feel like it's about the same? It's definitely gotten better from COVID times, that's for sure. But it's still not where it should be. You know, some days I go in and I'm like, oh, I'm triple today. Or our charge nurses every evening, they have to have like a hospital wide kind of how do we look tonight? Like, how's night shift going to look? And then I always ask my chargers, well, are we staffed tonight? And then you see them like, no, not really. I don't know what we're going to do. So it's still there definitely, but it doesn't feel as intense as it did during COVID. That workplace culture we were talking about, one of the biggest aspects is having a positive attitude. And that's anyone who's been in a tough situation at work will tell you that's easier said than done is to go in with a, a positive attitude, a smile. But what do you do to decompress, to be able to get yourself in that positive mindset? How do you, is there a way to separate nursing from personal or are are they too intertwined? I think there's definitely a way to separate them. Um, Some people have a problem keeping them together, you know, especially working in the critical care setting. People die all the time. How can you separate that at home, you know? Um, So to me, it's very important to keep them separate. And uh, I just, you know, treat work as work 
and home is home. I don't mix them like, you know, in nursing school, nursing was life, you know, mm-hmm. I don't view it like that anymore. Um, of course, my job is very, very important to me, but my health in all aspects is more important as well. Um, so I do a lot of different things. I go to church, I go hiking, I work out, I do a lot of things to decompress and just make sure that work stays work. And then my personal is my personal life. Talking about that route in nursing school where stu- uh, students are learning the, the ins and outs before they get into the field full time, what would be your biggest advice to them in the event that they may work at a place where there's a nursing shortage? I would really look at the bigger picture and see, is is your boss working to fix the problem? How are they going to fix the problem? Are they supporting you? And then go from there. Um, You know, don't be afraid to say no. A lot of times they'll ask, can you stay late? Can you work another day? And they will work you to death if you let them. Um, So it's very important to say no when you need to um, and when you need rest, because we all need rest. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be hard to be able to say no, especially in a job like that, because mm-hmm. you know that what you're doing is for the greater good and it is a rewarding career. But like you said, if you're not personally at 100 percent or close to it, then you can't be that way for other people like exactly. patients. Exactly. Along a similar vein for nurses out there that are dealing with labor shortages and they seem to be struggling, would your advice be similar to them as far as big picture goes or would it be different since they're already in the field? I think it would be definitely similar. You need to take a step back and think about why you're feeling burnt out the way that you are. Is it really um, because of how they're working you at the job? Are you working overtime? Because I have a ton of friends that they started working overtime during COVID because of the, you know, the bonuses that were being offered. And now they're all burnt out. So you just have to take a break. You know, we thankfully we work three days a week. Try to get your days to where um, you can maybe work them in a row and then you have a longer stretch off. And so you can recuperate. Take your PTO. Take your PTO. That's so important. A lot of people don't do that. Um, and rest up because your health matters. You don't want to be a patient in the hospital. My last question, in spite of having to work harder because of the pandemic, because of labor holes, do you feel like in spite of all that or because of that, you are a stronger nurse now? That in spite of how hard it was, maybe harder than you expected, that you are stronger as a healthcare professional now? I definitely do. And at the hospital that I work at, for sure, they always say, if you can work at this hospital, you can work anywhere. Um, So it was a blessing in that aspect, but at the same time, not at the expense of patient safety. So I look forward in the future to having the ratios better and being able to take care of the right amount of patients and not the tripled, as we say. We want to thank both Billy and Gabrielle for joining us. Stay tuned for more episodes with different perspectives on nursing shortages and how we can overcome them. Have a great day, everybody.